It's time now for the award-winning number one local talk show in Northeast Pennsylvania, The Sam LaSant Show. Now here's your host, Sam LaSant. So my friends, the book is called In God We Trust, The Dollar We Worship. Uh, because it's not what you earn, it's what you keep that matters, and it's all God's. If you recall, about 10 years ago, I had the author of this book on my show, uh, Don Gallade, and he's here today to discuss this book. Interesting enough, the book was written 2011. Remember 2011? And you can get this book on Amazon. Um, it's, it's an interesting book. It's uh, a good reading book. I'm probably halfway through the book, uh, but there's so many facets about the book. And, um, you know, when people talk about biblically and, and you know, the Bible, etc., I don't know why people get nervous. They shouldn't get nervous about that. In fact, that's what, when you die, that's what you're looking for, is right. salvation, okay? And um, Don, nice to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. Appreciate uh, it. Folks, he's my godson. That's right. Believe that, he's my godson. Didn't that's take right. after me, but he's my godson. Yeah, hairline, too. Uh, hairline. Well, that's the only thing you got, is <laughs> you're losing your hair. Don, a little bit about yourself. Um, well, other than when I was 16 and I sold pianos for you, I've been in the financial services industry yeah. uh, since 1987. <laughs> and uh, it's pretty much all I've ever done. Yeah. I had a fascination for studying the Bible um, many, many years ago. And it's neat. It led me on this path where I realized that Jesus talks about money more than he does heaven and hell. And I was kind of taken back by that at first because everything I did my entire career when financial services was involving money. So I started, that's where the research came. That's where the, it was started as almost uh, just an interest. And uh, you know, the path from there, God has a sense of humor. He really does. But uh, 1 Corinthians 10.31 tells us that whatever we do, we are to do for the glory of God. And uh, you take that verse in Greek and everything means everything. So whatever we do, we're supposed to do it for God. And uh, that's kind of what I kind of started changing in our practice after we wrote the book. What, what brought you to, you know, closer to, you know, the Bible and what, what inspired you? Because, you know, you were young at the time mm. and I don't know many young people today read the Bible. Yeah. Uh, it's it's an interesting book, that's for sure. Everything you can imagine in that book, okay? If you want problems solved, you read the Bible. Um, and I was fortunate when I went to King's College because the first semester of freshman year, you you studied the Old Testament. And then the second semester, you, settled the, you, you learned the New Testament. Mm -hmm. And boy, the things you learned about that. So what, what brought you? Did something happen in your life? Well, when... <clears throat> My wife and I were, when she was pregnant with our first child, um, you know, now he is a minister now at Faith Assembly, but when she was pregnant with him, we always had this feeling that he was going to uh, be in the ministry, whether he was going to be a Catholic priest, a Protestant minister, we didn't know, but my wife always had this unction. But anyway, we, um, we got very involved in the pro-life group, and that's where we met Marianne Lahan. That's where the birth of The Voice of John film came. So through the pro-life movement is where we started realizing that the sanctity of life is something that God takes 
really high up on the list, even above money. And that led me into studying the word more. And then it was a spiraling into where we're at now. When you wrote the book, okay, uh, and it's, it's, it's pretty lengthy you know, because you cover a lot of areas here. What, what the, does the Bible say about money? Um, God is the source, not your job. Well, you know, what do you mean when you're saying, you know, people will go out there trying to earn what they can. You do it every day hopefully in the right way. Uh, we know we have to participate and help our congregations, no matter what denomination they are. Um, is, is money a bad thing? No. And it's funny because most people, the reason why it took so long for me to be able to get this to where it is now mm -hmm. on the Amazon charts is because of the um, misconception that the love, that money is bad. It's the love of money. And then we could, we could talk on that. One sentence for an hour. Money is a tool. If you're a carpenter, you have a tool belt. Okay? You have a tool, that camera. Every job, the person has a tool. So money is a tool. We need the tool. Um, so and it's not about how much you give to the church. People think, oh, you're just going to work for the bishop's annual appeal here and you're going to no. It has nothing to do with that. You have to really dig into the scriptures and realize that when you worship the dollar, and there's people that don't have a dime to their name, but they could still worship the dollar. It's your heart. It's all about your heart. How do you view money? You know, you hear the story with the, the widow with the two mites and there's parable after parable where are, are based on money and based on greed and based on um, what you're supposed to do with the resources God gave you. Sometimes it's just a matter of taking care of the poor, taking care of your parents, taking care of, you know, other people in your life. It doesn't even necessarily have to be giving the money to the church. In this book, okay, you, um, you explain certain things about different parables and you explain different things that you interpret. So there's many ways of interpretation of, of the Bible, okay? It reminds me of George Bernard Shaw when he um, introduced My Fair Lady Premier. At the end of the uh, thing, they had a reception and this lady's pushing her way through and she said, Mr. Shaw, Mr. Shaw. He said, yes, he says, she said, I know exactly what you meant when you wrote this play. And he said, what, what did I mean? And she proceeded to tell him what he meant when he wrote that play. And he said something I think was fantastic. He says, ma'am, if that's what you got out of my play, that's what I meant. Yeah. So the interpretation, Don, okay, maybe my interpretation may be different years. Where do we, where's that middle ground? I'm so glad you asked that. Because the fourth book that I'm working on, because we didn't talk about the others, but the fourth one that I'm working on right now is on that topic. When we look at something, a scripture, the first thing we have to think of is, okay, who wrote it? Who is it written to? All right, and it's funny because the word interpretation, I think so many people have used, well, I interpret that verse this way, so I'm just going to go with that. Well, when you take a verse and you go back to the original language it was written in, most of it is, is Greek in the New Testament. For example, 
Jesus talks about love. Well, there's more than one verb for the word love in Greek. And, and it means different things in different, in different uh, uh, scriptures. So when you have a tool that allows you to convert the words in that verse back to their original language, sometimes they leap off the page and there's no other thing that they could mean other than those definitions. And it's exciting. That's what makes reading the Bible one thing, but studying the Bible something else. And that's what makes it fun when you start to dig in and go, holy cow, pardon the pun. I didn't realize that those words meant such and such. And you might have read that scripture a hundred times. What inspires you? You know, when, when, when your feet hit the floor every morning and you, you're, you're healthy and your children are, th are, are, are thriving and your marriage is thriving and you've got, you know, the lights are on and the bills are paid, you know, you have no choice but to say, by the grace of God, most things exist. Don, we went through a, a, a very terrible mm. uh, pandemic and bad year and so many emotions and depressions, etc. And people are troubled, they're confused. You know, are we, are we in charge of our own lives anymore or mm. is the government going to run us? We saw a lot of terrible things happen in the last year and a half and hopefully it'll end and hopefully we'll take our lives back again, mm. okay? It really was scary. So with that trouble that people have, some people turn to different things. Some people turn to drugs, some people turn to alcohol, yeah. and some people turn to God. Right. I'm thinking from what I've seen in the last year in interviewing the number of people, those people who hesitantly turned to God came out a little better. You know, there's, you could find a scripture for any question you have, but Jesus is very clear when he says that he wants us to not be lukewarm. Because sometimes you can be all in, and sometimes you could just only pray when you've got a crisis. Yeah. And we all do that. Yeah. All right? I'm, I'm preaching to me here, okay? Yeah. We all do that. So he wants us to be all in. So when you're all in, you know, does he care about you getting the bills paid? Yeah. Does he care about healing your baby? Yeah. Are bad things going to happen in this world that are out of our control? Yeah. But he didn't cause those. See, people think differently, though. Yeah. Why did God do this? If there is a God, a loving God, why is my son or my daughter or my cousin or my aunt or yeah. my you know, friend have cancer, yeah. dying? Or, you know, and they blame God for that. Even, yeah. even good people that, that go... The, their churches, whether they're Catholic, Protestant, Jewish, or whatever, okay? And that's always, I'm mad at God, you hear? Absolutely, yeah. I'm mad at God. I've been there. My sister died um, very young. I mean, she was older than me, but she died young. And this is what started having me dig into those exact same questions. And here's what I found. We live in a fallen world, all right? God only has one promise that means the most out of the entire Bible, if I could sum it up, is he wants you in heaven with him for eternity. So we get caught up in our earthly existence and, and we're not healed on earth and we don't have any money on earth. And, and, and you know what? And, and 
not the sound coming out the wrong way, but God cares about us being there more than he cares about us being here. This is, this is boot camp. All right? So, yeah, those things are horrible, and I'm not minimizing any suffering somebody goes through, but God didn't cause it. It's interesting because we as humans, you know, are, are well advanced in technology and whatever, um, but then you, you know, when, when you hear God knows every hair in your head, yeah. He knows everything, and it's hard for us to imagine. And I remember having a conversation with my good friend, Father Jack Ryan, who is, um, was the president of King's College, a good friend of mine. And I was delivering a talk and I had lunch with him around Holy Week. And I said, Father, you know, when, when you look at a stadium and there's 100,000 people at the stadium and you think, how does God know about every one of these people and every hair in their head? It's so hard to imagine that. He said, well, the only way I could present it to you is this. Look at when you're walking the sidewalk and you see ants on the, on the sidewalk. Yeah. What do they know about nuclear fission or nuclear <laughs> energy? And, and it's sort of like we have, you know, you just, it's, it's amazing, isn't it, Don? Yeah. Well, God even wrote about ants. That's in there, too. Is that, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, so you, you, then you say, well, that's right. What do they know? But so what do we, we only are limited as what we know. We don't know the power that's in, involved. We there. can only think linearly. Yeah. And we can't think with, you know, there is no timeline in, for, for God. And it's fun. It's so much fun. When you really, really dig in, it becomes so much fun. Folks, uh, the name of the book is In God We Trust, The Dollar We Worship. And uh, it's the number one bestseller in America, Australia, Netherlands, Japan, and a lot of other places. When we come back, we're going to talk about, we wrote the book in 2011. What did he say in the book and what happened? It's interesting. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Sam LaSanne Show, folks. Remember, 24-7, SSPTV.com. All of our local neighborhood programs are on, that, um, on the Internet, uh, on our website. Uh, remember, you can contact me at Sam at SSPTV.com. Uh, and just like I'm interviewing Don Delade, who wrote the book, uh, we have a number of authors in, the, in our viewing area. Please let me know what you've done. I'd love to have you on the show. Don's book, In God We Trust, The Dollar We Worship. Don Delade, I'm talking about. Because it, does, it, because it does not, it's because not what you earn, it's what you keep that matters, and it's all God's, and he talks about this. Now, Don, you wrote the book in 2011. You said some things in the book, okay? What happened from the things you said in the book? Okay. Um, first, what, you know, what I realized after writing this was, because it was so big, people would say, oh, I don't have the time to read that. So... In 2019, I carved it into two separate books. Okay. Right. So in the original edition, this is here. In the in the second edition, it's in the second book called Five Steps. But what I wrote back in 2012, and this wasn't you know I'm Nostradamus or anything. This was just research that I was doing, and I obviously credit who gave me this data in the book. But there was a, a laundry list of things that uh, were predicted that actually came true. Um, Greece would default on its, uh, its, its financial obligations. European mega banks will collapse. That happened in 2013. European governments will suffer a cascade of credit downgrades. That happened shortly after the book came out. Um, Spain and Italy will, be, uh, will face massive debt defaults. And uh, global debt markets will suffer a critical meltdown. And 
part of being a financial advisor is, so, so to speak, as reading the tea leaves. Um, you know, none of us know what's going to happen, but there's, there's signs. You know, and ironically, that's what God says, too. There's going to be things that are going to happen. And, and if you know how to read the tea leaves, you know, I say that teasingly, that you can predict um, some, some seasons that we're going to go through. And um, all of that data that I researched then transpired. Today, um, w w when, since the pandemic and the churches were closed and, um, you know, people, you know, turn to um, television to, mm. or the internet for mass or, or services and we're, we, we are still doing that and getting a tremendous re reaction to it, Don, as far as going to church via TV. But unfortunately, some people, you know, are not going back to their churches now that things are loosening mm -hmm. up, okay, and, and rightly so. They want to make sure they're 100% clear right. that, you know, when the masks are done, etc. And I don't blame them at all. Um, but there are some people even before this happened that did not believe in going to their worship. You know, they, everything was good. They have ESRVs. They have a good home. They have a good life. Uh, who needs God? They're worshiping the dollar. That's exactly what they're doing, okay? Right. So how do you... You know, and, and I remember having a discussion with Bishop Timlin mm -hmm. and how these people, you know, who are doing so well, they're making a lot of money. Who needs, who needs to tell their kids, to treat, have their kids pray, learn about God, learn about what you should be doing. I mean, they got it made, they're, you know, whatever. Uh, Bishop Timlin says, that's all well and good, Sammy, until you hit the bump in the road. Jesus said he didn't come for those who are already righteous. Okay, um, the, the sick person is the one who needs the doctor. Now, I'm not going to wag my finger at any person's no. situation because right. that's between them and their maker. Yeah. Um, but I could just tell you from a heart issue, I've seen miracles in my family. I've seen healings of things doctors in my family said, that person's not going to be healed, and they were. I've seen things, financial breakthroughs for people that mathematically it shouldn't happen. Okay, so God answers prayer, but he cares about one thing. Do you believe he will do it? You know, crying out when you're you know, on your knees in the middle of a crisis, we've all done that. But do you really, really, really believe God's going to answer that prayer? Because that's what he cares about. Mm -hmm. And what you said about uh, the church and, and, and going to church, and people have, the gospel is hitting places it never was allowed before hmm. because of the pandemic. And guess what? Jesus says, in the end, we will hear, I'm paraphrasing, of course, in the end, the gospel will be preached. Mm -hmm. And then the end comes. So God will, God didn't cause the pandemic, but he can use the pandemic for his good. We often talk about change of hearts, harden not the, um, your heart. Uh, and there are sometimes, we all make mistakes. Absolutely. You know, throughout the life, you, you go back and say, why did I do this? Why did mm -hmm. I say this about, you know? And some people, you know, uh, my wife told me something yesterday about the tongue. The tongue has no bones, but it's the sharpest thing that can, break people's hearts. And that's interesting, you know. Uh, so, you know, 
it's it's sometimes it's very difficult um, because you you made the mistakes Absolutely. and I've done them and you say why did I do this etc cetera, etc. Cetera. What do you tell people that are having a tough time like that? Christ died for all of us, and he and this is the hard part to get your head around. He died long before we were born for sins that we committed after he died. Okay, so his forgiveness is for anything you've done, said, period, the end, except for blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Anything is forgivable, okay? So we condemn ourselves. We allow the enemy into our head and say, I know what you did last night, instead of saying, yeah, I screwed up, but Jesus got this. He covered it with the blood. It's yeah. done. It's interesting. Folks, I'm talking to Don Gallade, uh, number one bestseller in America, Australia, Netherlands, Japan, and other areas. In God We Trust, the dollar we worship. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the San Sancho, folks. If you, if you just tuned in, you want to watch this show. Uh, we're talking to Don Gallade. He wrote the book, In God We Trust, the dollar we worship. Now, in here are interesting, um, interesting articles. Uh, but Donald, you don't have to go through um, page one to the end. You go to different areas. No, now, how do I get this book? Well, first of all, if you go to my website, which is uh, in the dollarweworship.com, yeah. that's the main website for the book. That'll lead you right to the Amazon link where okay. you can purchase and it. And you said you can read the book on email or e Well, you can get what's called an e-book. Okay. okay. Um, some people use the Kindles or some people yeah. just like to download all of that. And I, you I can know, pick different chapters out. That's above my pay grade, you know. They, yeah, they yeah, do. You yeah. click on it, you buy it. That's yeah. all I know. Yeah. But I, <laughs> because sometimes, as I'm going through this book and I'm looking at the different areas here, um, you know, you have like, you know, God's will, our will, free will. Okay, uh, financial bondage, living above your means, to save, to invest, uh, income planning, uh, leaving a legacy. There's different things that you just go to that chapter mm -hmm. with. We uh, we hear biblical res biblical responsible investing. What's that all about? Well, it's funny. This is where I say God has a sense of humor because I wrote the book because I was enamored with the topic. Then God showed me, hey, I care about people's money and, and here's how I can prove it. Biblical responsible investing means there are investments that you can buy. Stocks, bonds, mutual funds, exchange traded funds, doesn't matter what it is. Oh, by the way, this is not financial advice, full disclosure. Okay, so you could buy investments that don't take the funds you've given them and sow it into things that you don't approve of. For example, many pharmaceutical companies like Merck, Pfizer, Target, uh, Walmart actually take their profits and they sow into abortifacients and the abortion industry. There are um, people like Nike, Intuit, Home Depot, Facebook and Apple, they are also anti-life as far as what they choose to do with their profits. So they support abortion? Correct. And I can provide these statistics to anybody who wants to email me. I'll give you where I'm getting this data from. So it's not just about bashing any particular company. Then there's a, a host of, of the Amazons, AT&Ts, and the, uh, the Alphabet, as it's called, with Google, that actually support pornography. So a lot of times people say, well, you know, yeah, I got to make a buck. I get it. But there are investments out there 
that you could put your money in that don't support things that as a Christian would offend you. Mm -hmm. And I can easily show somebody well, how that works. Don't you think, I know we got a minute left, don't you think that people, you know, knowing that you know, in their belief, some people could care less about if you- That's met, true. If you could care, kill as many kids as you can, like our current governor, uh, where, he kept, where he kept planning, and he's using the excuse that it's women's health care. That's true. Um, and when you see these aborted babies, you know, as you, as you know, we've done this show many times. Yeah, I mean, so you, you would pray for change of heart, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's absolutely it. Because this matters to some people, to yeah. a majority of people it doesn't. That's right. That, and, 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 and that's yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. And that's just, that's those are the things because we're going on with our life and you know, wh what do we do? We have enough troubles in our life and you know, turmoils. And now you're telling me, you know, you know, this is providing an income. But I say pray for a change of hearts because that's the only way. These board of directors or whatever, the but president. But you could find the same returns. I understand, yeah. In, in things that, that, that don't support that. That feed babies and dig wells in Africa. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don, I, I got to compliment you. you. You've been doing a great job. Thank and I'm you. Looking, you got books out. He has other books, my friend. The fourth book, Five Steps, Your Guide to Financial Health. Okay, and it, it takes some of the stuff in here. Uh, but I highly recommend you looking at the book. Um, I wish you the best, your Thank family, you. etc. And we'll do part two. I'm looking forward uh, to it. Thank you two. so much. Don Gallade, folks. The book is In God We Trust, The Dollar We Worship. Uh, check it out. We'll see you next time.